What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 177, and it's one of our prestigious Patreon poll winning episodes uh, every month. Our listeners over on Patreon get to vote on a bunch of games they want to hear episodes about that I haven't played, and then whoever wins the vote, I will play, and then I talk about playing it. You see, you see how it you get you get how it works. Uh, and Luigi's Mansion, the GameCube launch title from 20 years ago, was October's Patreon poll winner. So I bought it, I played it, and as I explained about 15 seconds ago. We're going to talk about it now. And uh, now prior to playing Luigi's Mansion for the GameCube, the only Luigi's Mansion I played was the the number three from the Nintendo Switch last year. And I fucking loved it. Love that fucking game. I think it's absolutely superb. Uh, so I was really, really excited to see where uh, the, the series started and get to play the first one. I was really pumped when this game won the Patreon poll. And I wanted to see like, you know, did I miss out on anything by not playing this one back in the day? And it turns out, yeah. Uh, I fucking did miss out. This game is, is spectacular. Luigi's Mansion is fucking brilliant. It's really, really good. As you're going to hear on this week's podcast, it's not perfect, uh, but it's very, very close. It's just a great fucking video game on a great fucking console. The GameCube is the hero that we didn't know we needed back in 2001. And uh, my buddy and fellow stand-up comedian Darren makes his return to the show this week. You may remember him from the controversial Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage episode from a couple of months ago. And uh, we spent an hour or so going over the ups and downs of Luigi's Mansion, not only as a game, but we also got into the choice of making it a launch title for the GameCube instead of launching with a standard Mario game. It's It's a very odd decision that on the surface... Doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of odd decisions that don't seem to make a lot of sense, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game Infamous Intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are a little beefy. They're kind of long, but they're not, it's not shitty. It's not boring. They're like, it's, it's like the previews at the movies. And sometimes the previews are actually better than the movie themselves. I fucking love watching the previews at movies. And I'm like, I always finish my popcorn by the time the previews are done. And then I'm stuck for like a two hour movie with nothing but fucking like picking through the kernels, looking for little pieces of popcorn and drinking my pop. Anyway, uh, we have merch. We have all kinds of merchandise. You can get hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, blah, 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 blah. It's all, uh, rocks, badass art drawn by my man, Joe over at four, five, four, five creative.com. And if you're interested in supporting the show, it is a great way to do it. You can check out all our merchandise at remember the game podcast.com. And of course, you don't like clothes you can always support us on patreon and that's a great way to support us this month because don't forget for the month of december 50 percent of my patreon is getting donated to my 24-hour charity stream on december 18th and 19th uh we're raising money for the stollery children's hospital here at edmonton it's a very important hospital uh to the entire province of alberta people I, people kids come from all across alberta to make use of this hospital so i'm really excited about the fundraiser uh so if you've been thinking about signing up on patreon checking out the extra podcasts this is the time because not only are you going to get a ton of extra podcasts and stuff but you're going to be thinking of the children 
Uh, much to Helen Lovejoy's relief. Because it's only going to cost you two bucks a month to get started. And for that $2 a month, you get two additional podcasts every week. You're going to get my gaming discussion show expansion pass every Thursday and my gaming news podcast game patch every Friday. You also get instant access to over 150 bonus podcast just sitting there in the archives waiting for you uh every week on game patch i just look at the biggest gaming news i sprinkle in my profanities and opinions and stuff like that expansion pass is a different show every week i do game rankings i look back at characters consoles we do some comedy episode we do game reviews uh i was just talking about how the gamecube is the unsung hero from 2001 just a couple weeks ago we spent an entire episode of expansion pass just talking about the gamecube and this past week on expansion pass i i ranked the halo campaigns uh it was pretty spoiler free if you haven't played them yet i'm not going to ruin anything big for you but i figured halo infinite's dropping this week so i thought i'd let you know what i think of each campaign in the halo series leading up to halo infinite and uh, the feedback on that episode has been pretty solid which is nice and as is becoming tradition during the intro here this is a sneak peek of last week's expansion pass ranking the halo campaigns I would put the game that I have ranked at number five all alone in the B tier. And that is the original Halo Combat Evolved, the game where everything fucking started. Um, I think it's it's better than Halo 4 and Halo 5. I don't think it's as good as Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo ODST, and Halo Reach, as you're about to hear, because those four games are in a tier of their own for me. Those four games together are all collectively the A tier, which should be a testament to how good the series is when over half of the games in the franchise sit at my number one like top tier that's how much i like this franchise uh but number five on my list is is halo combat evolved and i didn't have much trouble putting it in there like it's a super important video game we already talked about this the way that it kind of set the table for first person shooters on consoles and it obviously set xbox up for success and it introduced this franchise which whether you like halo you don't like halo you've never played halo you don't care about halo halo is one of the biggest gaming franchises of all time So that was last week's episode, and for this week, uh, I'm going to drop one of my patented spoiler-free reviews. I recently finished playing Resident Evil Village, and I know it's a game that released back in the spring, but it still dropped this year. It's a Game of the Year contender. I finally got around to playing it, and I have some shit to say, so I will be reviewing that on Expansion Pass this Thursday. Spoiler-free, I won't ruin anything for you. So again... Two bucks gets you instant access to those, plus old podcasts, plus two new ones every week, plus access to our Remember the Game Discord, the chance to vote in our Patreon poll, which is running until Friday. Uh, it's coming down, it looks like, to Sly Cooper and Sonic Adventure 2. They're neck and neck, so votes count until Friday. Uh, you can also submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts. You can DM with me, and you get a shout-out. And get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to both of these people, and I am going to fuck some of these names up. But a huge thank you to our newest Patreons, Travis Renberg, Christian McClelland, Nicholas Chaffee, Richard Chewins III, Marcus De Bruin, Dagger Disaster, Spencer Zatmary, Juris Dr. Mario, Alex Dimitri, Vaughn, Vince Fahey, Impasse, Jordan Salm, Jacob Adams, Burnout Doug Kenny, Kyle Swift, Andrew Barrett, Eric Amundsen, Scott Graham, Tyler, Brad Levin, Aaron Kedvis and Kendall Nugent. Uh, thank you all so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. And if I fucked up your name, wear it like a badge of honor because I only screw up the names of people I like. That's why I get fucking 
No, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to. No. All right. Anyway, uh, patreon.com slash remember the game. Thank you all so much. Uh, and again, just before I get into the gaming stuff, if you hit up remember the game podcast.com, you can see how you could support the 24 hour stream. I have coming up. If you're interested, you can donate your donations are tax deductible and anyone that donates at least $20 will be entered into draws to win either a game of their choice. Some remember the game merchandise, and someone is going to win a chance to be my guest on an episode of Remember the Game. So there you go. So you can find all that information at RememberTheGamePodcast.com. I'm hoping to raise $10,000 for the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. It's a cause close to my heart. Really looking forward to that stream on December 18th and 19th. So there you go. Good enough. That's enough blowing me. Let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the podcast. I I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming-related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow. And our first blower this week is uh, Burnout Doug Kenny, who wrote in and said, Love the content, Mr. Blank. That's a cool band name. Can I use that? Yes, you can. Uh, You've gotten me through some long night shifts since I found your show last week. Thank you for that. I was wondering if you have any familiarity with James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd. And if you have, uh, and if you have, are there any games he's deemed shitty that you think rules? Thanks in advance for reading, and I hope you're doing well. I'm doing good, Kenny. I hope you are as well. Uh, It sucks that you're a burnout, but it's burnout Doug Kenny. That sounds like the premier fucking shitty fuck Jason Kenny here in Alberta. But anyway, uh, I absolutely know who the angry video game nerd is. I have had some people ask me if he was like an inspiration for me when I got started. Um, Not really. I watch his stuff. I enjoy his stuff as a gaming fan uh, and he's just a comedy fan. He's a very talented guy, really fucking creative. Uh, But like I didn't set out to start Remember the Game to like spoof him like angry adam is like that was kind of a generic creation that popped up around the echo the dolphin episode like i i've never tried to like spoof the angry video game nerd or anything but i absolutely enjoy him and i agree with most of the shit that he says one game and it's from like the vintage days was he shit on ninja turtles the original tmnt on the nes and i think that game is fucking outstanding so i disagree with him on it's hard as fuck but I don't think it's bad. I I disagree with him on that. But I absolutely know. I've actually reached out to him a couple of times. No replies. I get it. He's like the biggest gaming content guy on the on the internet or one of or he was. Um, but maybe someday if we keep growing this little weed of ours, we can collaborate. We'll have Angry Adam and the Angry Video Game Nerd yelling at each other. That could be fun. Uh, thanks, Doug Kenny. I'm glad that you're digging the show, my friend. Uh, makeshift Money wrote in on Patreon and said, can we call you Uncle Blanky? No. Strife89 wrote in, shout out to anyone that gets that reference, and said, were there any cartridges in particular you remember having to blow the most? Also, what's the proper form for blowing a cartridge so as to minimize the number of blows? My experience with blowing was specific to the Nintendo 64 and Game Boy, so I figured with your additional years of gaming on the NES and SNES that your mastery of blowing far exceeds my own. Hope you can shed some light on this for research purposes. Strife, I have been blowing blowing since I was a little kid do with that as you will uh I can't imagine blowing a Game Boy games they're so t- like I'm an asthmatic I feel like a Game Boy game would be the right thing for me to blow in because it would just be like <clears throat> and you're done uh and it's been pointed out listen several people have wrote in about this in the past I'm fully aware you're actually not supposed to blow in your cartridges it's not going to accomplish anything my understanding is your best bet to clean those little boards that stick out of the cartridges is like a q-tip and like some rubbing alcohol or something don't fucking yell at me if i'm wrong i don't have any of them i don't 
do any of it anymore. But when we were kids, we all blew in the cartridges all the time. That's what we do. I don't ever remember having to blow in my Super Nintendo or Game Boy cartridges. It was all about the NES. That's what I remember having to blow in the most by a mile was the NES. But then we also had a Game Genie. And I found that if we put the game on the Game Genie and then put it in, it didn't seem to fuck us around as much. But yeah, I don't ever really remember having to fuck around with my Super Nintendo games. Uh, or my Game Boy games, or my Nintendo 64 games. I just It was just the fucking NES. And it just everyone remembers just fucking over and over. And then you put it in, put it down, hold the button. It doesn't work or it does work. And then it glitches out right after the title screen starts loading up. And you try again and you try again. Fuck. Uh, I feel like maybe that's how I got asthma. Was just the constant breathing in and blowing into these cartridges and sucking the fucking micro the microbiotic microchips into my fucking lungs or something. I, I'm sure... Nintendo, it's Nintendo's fault, but I can't prove it. Uh, Punk Rock Geek write in is, wrote in, pardon me, and said, Hi, Adam. You keep on saying that you love really hard retro games. Have you ever gave the Hotline Miami franchise a try? If not, I strongly recommend it. I think it'd make a real good episode on the show. I absolutely have, Punk Rock Geek. I want to... So, on, our, on the Patreon exclusive, uh, on the Expansion Pass podcast, I've done two mini indie review episodes where I took three indie games that I didn't think could stand on their own for like a full review and just kind of gave a quick rundown. And I want to say that I covered Hotline Miami in one, but maybe I didn't, but I meant to. I haven't played Hotline Miami 2, but I did play the original Hotline Miami and I fucking loved it. If you guys have not played these games, they're available on everything. I played it on the Vita, actually. And they're like, they're they're kind of... They're almost set in like a Grand Theft Auto Vice City, uh, like time, I think. But it's like a top-down retro-looking game where you're basically just going from like building to building, killing everybody. But like they're all walking around. As soon as they see you, you're fucking dead. Like it's it's not there's it's really, really quick. It's a lot of trial and error. You go in over and over and over again and figure out how to do it. But it's one of those really difficult games. It's sweet because when you die, it instantly loads you back up and you try again. It instantly loads you back up and you try again. And uh, they're fucking, I love the original Hotline Miami. I haven't, I got to get around to playing the second one eventually. But I fucking love Hotline Miami. That's a great fucking game. Uh, the Mustard Tiger wrote it. I love that fucking, I love that reference. Wrote in and said, greetings, Adam. Now that we've got another semi-Mario themed episode, I can finally ask you this question regarding some forgotten games released around this era. Have you ever played the Super Mario Advance series? And what are the chances we get an episode about those games? If you don't know, there are a series of four games for the GBA, which remake Mario Brothers 2, Mario World, Yoshi's Island, and Super Mario Brothers 3, respectively. The remakes include updated graphics, save files, voice acting, and bonus games. There's probably not a enough meat on the bone for each game to warrant their own episode but it might make for a good one-off podcast to compare the originals versus the remakes thanks for reading and keep up with the excellent content thanks mustard tiger uh i have not actually played any of those i didn't play a lot of gba i've pointed that out in the past i know the two consoles i get the most requests for for us to cover more games from are the ps2 and the gba and that's just from the same era as the GameCube and the Xbox. And if I was gaming at that era, I was, or in that era, I was playing the GameCube or Xbox, but I wasn't playing a lot of games, period. So there's a ton of GBA games I missed. There's a ton of PS2 games I missed. And I didn't play any of those because I kind of just assumed, like, well, I love all four of those games. I kind of just assumed that they were just portable versions of the games that I'd already played a billion times. Uh, so I haven't played any. Maybe at some point I will. Um... Yeah, I, I I won't lie to you, though. I just, yeah, I always just kind of assumed that all they were were just handheld versions of the four games that I, and I've played all four of those games a billion times. We've covered all four of those games on Remember the Game. Um, but yeah, I, I just assumed the handheld ones were were just 
ports. So I, I have not played any of them. Um, but if you say they're worth it, people are telling me they're worth it. Maybe at some point I will track them down and give them a chance. Uh, Joe Kirby wrote in and said, I was listening to the Halo podcast and you were talking about playing as Master Chief and as the Arbiter. From the sounds of it, people grumbled about it and it made me think of the blow up over switching between Abby and Ellie in The Last of Us 2. Just wondering if you plan on touching that dumpster fire in depth in the, in the future. So I'm not sure, Joe, if you mean that it's a dumpster fire that you switch between Ellie and Abby and Last of Us 2 is a dumpster fire or if you mean that uh, the, the controversy around the switching is a dumpster fire. But... Uh, we actually have two episodes of Expansion Pass uh, dedicated to The Last of Us Part 2. One is a full-on spoiler cast, and one is a spoiler-free review. I never do that. I usually do spoiler-free reviews and tack a short spoiler cast on at the end. But I had so much to say about The Last of Us Part 2 that I split it up. I gotta be honest, I don't think Last of Us Part 2 is as good as the original. But I, I, I adamantly disagree with people that think The Last of Us Part 2 was bad. I think Last of Us Part 2 was really fucking good. I think it went a little too long. Um... And again, I don't think it's as good as the first one, but I think the first one is possibly the greatest video game ever made, in my opinion. I love the original Last of Us. But yeah, there's two full episodes about it in our archives. And I actually not... I love Last of Us Part Two. I just don't worship it like I do the original. But I really like it. And yeah, anyway, I'll end it there because I know some people haven't played Last of Us Part Two yet and I don't want to spoil too much for you. Uh, Jock Nerdington wrote in and said, listening to the Crash episode, you said Sony doesn't have that one mascot of a character. And I was thinking maybe that helps them seeing as they don't have to focus on one franchise. And I actually, okay, so before we get to letter time, uh, I kind of agree with you, Jock. And we have talked about that many times. If you're newer to the podcast and you haven't heard it, I think it's primarily come up on our Crash Bandicoot episodes, but we've talked about how like Xbox has Master Chief. He's the face of Xbox and Nintendo's got Mario and then countless others. But I think everyone would agree that Mario is the face of Nintendo. And I talked about how PlayStation has been the dominant brand in gaming for the better part of 25 years. And they don't have a mascot. For a while, it looked like Crash Bandicoot was going to be their mascot, but it isn't. I mean, Solid Snake kind of looked like he was going to, you know, maybe Final Fantasy VII, I guess, kind of. Lara Croft, maybe. Spyro. But, like, and even now you look at it, and now you've got Kratos from God of War. You've got Ellie from The Last of Us. You've got Nathan Drake from Uncharted. You've got Aloy from Horizon. They don't have that one specific face of the face that runs the place, to quote AJ Styles. And, um... I've, I've kind of like gone back and forth between thinking like, man, it's crazy that you don't have a mascot. And like, well, you've been dominating for 25 years. So clearly, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. You don't need a mascot. And I kind of agree with what you're saying, uh, Jock, is that it does not only do they not have to focus on one franchise, but I think it speaks to the depth of their catalog. And I know some people are going to throw shade and be like, dude, every big PlayStation exclusive is a third person action game. You're kind of not wrong, but I fucking love the third-person action games. And again, they dominated forever, so obviously a lot of people like them. So maybe it is a good thing that they haven't shoehorned themselves into focusing so much on one franchise. You know, maybe that is for the best. It's At this point, because they don't have that one single mascot, I think you're right. I think, I think it's like Marvel. Like, I think if you were to look at Marvel, I would argue that Spider-Man is the face of Marvel, but you've got so many characters. And maybe PlayStation kind of looks at it that way, as they're just like... People can take their favorite character and kind of, you know, quasi assign them the, play, the the title of the face of PlayStation. But they're like, we've got tons of franchises. We have something for everybody. I, I think it does speak to their depth. I fucking, I've said it many times, man. I, I'm a Nintendo fanboy. 
And then I play most of my multi-console games on Xbox, but I'll buy every PlayStation console just for their exclusives. That's what I buy them for. And I'll keep buying them for their exclusives because I think their exclusives are amongst the best in gaming. So uh, finally, before we move on from blowing in the cartridge, it's letter time. It's letter time. And call me Watson wrote in, hey, Watson, and said, hi, Adam. I watched Arcane on Netflix last week, and holy shit, does it set the gold standard for video game adaption. It's based. It's a new series based on League of Legends, and even if you're not a player of those types of games, this show is definitely worth your time. I've held for a long time that games will rise to be among the premier mediums for storytelling. With more adaptions like the upcoming Last of Us show for HBO, Netflix's Witcher, and the new Halo show coming out, do you have any thoughts on if this is a good trend, or are there any titles you'd also like to see given the live-action treatment? Also watch Arcane. Take it easy. Hope your winter is fluffy, fun, snowy, and not skid off the road to a hot fire death icy. Oh, Jesus Christ. That that fucking really, that was nice. You're like, I hope your winter is fluffy, fun, snow. And then it went to skid off the road to a hot, fiery death icy, which is kind of what winter in Alberta can be like. Uh, Okay, so I have not watched Arcane. Uh, I actually don't even know what Arcane is, but now I kind of do because you explained it. Uh, I do agree with you that I think video games, I do think video games have already rose to be among the premier mediums for storytelling. And I think you look at a game like The Last of Us, a game like some RPGs, Mass Effect for fuck's sakes. Uh, I think there's some phenomenal stories told in video games and you can interact with them while you play. And like they, video games are already a bigger business than movies or music or TV and I think, yeah, I think that they have be. I think they are going to continue if they haven't already become the premier um, medium for storytelling. I agree with that. Uh, do I think it's a good trend to see all these these shows coming out? Uh, kinda. Like I'm, I won't lie to you. Like I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm excited about The Last of Us on HBO. I I love that series. I want to watch that show. I'm also excited about the new Halo show. I'm gonna watch that. I didn't care for Witcher. I didn't think it was horribly done. It just didn't interest me. I watched the whole first season and just. Kind of was bored, but I didn't think it was poorly done. So as long as they keep putting a little bit of effort into these things, I have no problem with it. You said, are there any series I'd like to see get the live action treatment? I already mentioned them once. I think Mass Effect would make a phenomenal like Netflix series or HBO series or something. So if I had to pick one, that would probably be the the series. Fallout might be kind of cool as well. I kind of I have it in my head that they are working on a Fallout series, but maybe I'm crazy. But I could have swore that they were working on a Fallout series. But Mass Effect would be my number one. If you gave me like, you know, a $30 million budget or fucking whatever these things cost to make, I don't fucking know. I have $17 in the bank. I don't fucking know. But if you gave me a budget and said, hey, pick a video game and make a live action series out of it, Mass Effect would be the one I go with. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, you know, I don't want them to make too many. I don't want it to become oversaturated and I don't want the level of quality to become so shit that people just start writing them off like it happens with a lot of video game movies but um I I have no problem with it as long as they're done well and there's some effort put into them I have no problem with it and I'm really fucking excited for that last of us show which I people keep messaging me to tell me I'm fully it was filmed like it was filmed in Edmonton like 15 minutes from my house and I applied to be one of the zombies and they said I was too dead looking so there you go all right thank you to everyone that wrote in dude we're getting like 40 comments a week I'm blowing in the cartridge now so I can't get to all of them but I keep trying so keep writing if you're over there I try to rotate in and out who gets on every week so thank you all so much for people that wrote in let's change things up and let's get into our smash hit segment play one remake one erase one And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. 
Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, they can remake one as a modern game, and the third game is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one, and I'll tell you what it is in a minute. And I figure, because we're talking Luigi's Mansion this week, which is one of the GameCube's best titles, I would take three more of the GameCube's best titles and pinch them against each other in a fight to the death and the remake and the play. Uh, Metroid Prime, Animal Crossing, and Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door are our contenders this week. I always hope the poll is going to be close. I thought this one would be because these are three big games. Turns out it was the biggest blowout, I think, in the history of Play One, Remake One, Erase One. Play Paper Mario, Remake Metroid Prime, and Erase Animal Crossing dominated with over 60% of the vote. And keep in mind, there's six different combinations of Play, Me, Remake, and Erase. So out of six options to vote for, over 60% of people voted for Play Mario, Remake Metroid, Erase Animal Crossing. That's a fucking slaughter. I don't think there's an option on this show that'll get anyone put on double secret probation some weeks it's like dude if you erase this game you're fucking insane i can live with playing remake and erasing any of these uh i will say that the majority is not the order that i would go in but let's see what a few of you had to say here and then i'll tell you what my answer was we had 60 comments from our patreons this week which is unreal uh so i i just want you all to know i read all of them even if they don't get on the show i read all the comments you guys sent in so please keep going i best problem in the world for a podcast host to have is too much interaction from their audience to get to all of it. That's a great fucking thing. But I will get to a few of them right here. We'll start with Cody Poland, who wrote in and said, Play Paper Mario because the game is basically perfect. I have 100% of this game, including the enemy encyclopedia, recipes, and all other mundane things on more than one occasion. Remake Animal Crossing because I can't risk erasing the series that has played such a huge part in shaping who I am. The original could use a couple quality of life improvements, and Paper Mario doesn't need the remake. And that means Erase Metroid. This is hard because I never played this game and I really want to, but the other games are too important to me to erase. If I didn't have them, I probably would have ended up as weird as those Saturnians. Yeah, it, fucking Cody, if, if, if erasing Paper Mario or Animal Crossing would have turned you into a Saturnian, then you're right. Erase Metroid, say apologies to you, Samus, and move on. Do not become, do not join that fucking, don't drink the fucking Kool-Aid. Those Sega Saturn Kool-Aid fucking... Anyways. Um, Flabbergaster wrote in and said, uh, All right, not everyone's going to like this, uh, I'm sure, but I'll play Paper Mario. It's the best in the series. Nothing else needs to be said. I'll remake Animal Crossing, but not how you think. The original had NES games you could unlock. I would add Super Nintendo Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Nintendo 64 games, and make it have a good connection to the Switch Online service. Like, imagine having this game, describing the type of games you like to play, and based on that, the retro titles put into your insert console online get a game catered to you three or four times a year holy shit balls that would be amazing animal crossing is an all right game in itself but the original could use a facelift and reintroduce that mechanic and then metroid prime has to go it was okay but we all know 2d metroid wouldn't change if prime never existed so what caught my attention about your comment flabbergaster is the idea that you could erase metroid prime and the 2d metroids would be fine and you're not wrong. And I, a lot of people prefer Metroid in 2D. As great as Metroid Prime is, a lot of people like, to, you know, like, oh, we could, we could get rid of these and just keep the 2D Metroids and be fine. So that's, that's fascinating. You, and that's an awfully ambitious remake for Animal Crossing too. I like the cut of your jib, Flabber. I like it. 
Stephen Parnell wrote in and said, play Paper Mario, as I've never actually played it, but I'd like to after hearing your podcast about it. Remake Metroid Prime and see where the new generation mechanics could take it with regards to a 3D open world set out like the 2D games, where you can only access certain abilities once you have the appropriate abilities, etc. Or certain areas once you have the appropriate abilities, etc. Pardon me. And then erase Animal Crossing because I find it to be the most fucking annoying time-based game on the planet, and it serves no purpose other than to annoy you and make you repeat the same fucking thing day in and day out so i don't often read the comments where someone writes in and just says fuck this game this game's stupid but what made me laugh about your comment steven is like steven has uh, been interacting with me for a few months on our patreon now and steven just seems like the like the kindest most gentle fucking soul i've ever met just seems like such a great fucking person and then comes in here and takes a game like animal crossing which is just pure innocent fun and it's just like fuck this game it just fucking annoys me fuck it fuck fuck i i love it and we found a way to trigger angry steven even i everyone shouldn't channel their inner angry adam once in a while i like it uh mizuru wrote in and said this one is hard for me as i'm new to nintendo having a switch now i have no connection to these titles however i would play paper mario those games have always been solid and it's mario metroid i would remake and with metroid dread being so great who could argue it and that leaves erasing Animal Crossing. As much as I'm interested in trying it out, I've always had Rune Factory to fill my Animal Crossing hole with a storyline and fun battle system and unique characters in every installment. Mizuru, I would give my fucking left nut to be new to Nintendo uh, and just get to play all those games for the first time. You, you're set fucking for about the next 20 years if you're just catching up on nintendo games that you've never played with a nintendo switch and having nintendo online and having all those oh my god don't even worry about playing fucking thousand year door metroid dread or animal crossing just go play some classics and just enjoy the fucking stairway to heaven god what i wouldn't give to be able to do that again uh where'd we go warzak warzak wrote in and said play paper mario i have played the shit out of the original Paper Mario, and I've been itching to play the Thousand Year Door for a long time. I just haven't researched a way to do it yet. Keep this game in its original glory because I loved the OG Paper Mario and I've heard nothing but praise about the Thousand Year Door. I'll remake Metroid Prime. I remember playing this game and enjoying it pretty well. Not as much a favorite to me as the original Super Nintendo Metroid, but a new facelift and update might get it closer to that spot. And then erase Animal Crossing. I've never played Animal Crossing, so this was an easy choice. Granted, I've also never played Thousand Year Door, but no way in hell am I Racing that one. I get the appeal of Animal Crossing and the social aspect to it, but I also see the enormous time requirements it has put on some friends, and I don't have that amount of time to dedicate to one game. And that's the kicker. I was a little shocked that so many people erased Animal Crossing, but I do think there's a lot of people that are in that position where they're like, fuck, I just don't have time to fucking play. Like, <laughs> Animal Crossing is a fucking relationship. Like, that's a lot of time. So I, I get it. I, yeah, I understand that. Uh, and you're not wrong, Warzak. The problem, as you're about to hear my play, my order of play, remake, and erase, the big issue with the Thousand Year Door is that it's just not fucking accessible anywhere, which I'm going to address in mine right now. I'm going against the popular vote this time around. 15% of you voted like I would, including Goode, who said I would play Metroid Prime. I love Metroid in this series. I have not played, and hell yeah, I want to play it. Please release it on the Switch. I would remake Paper Mario into a game Adam doesn't hate and erase Animal Crossing. I've made it this far in my life without knowing what this is, and I could happily live the rest of my life without knowing so for the record i don't hate paper mario i hate every paper mario after thousand year door because i think all the rest of them have sucked but i think the original paper mario paper mario thousand year door are really fucking good i and then super paper mario on the wii i thought was like meh like a six seven out of ten and then i haven't liked i haven't liked one since but i, I the first two 
I really like. It's like the Yoshi games. Yoshi's Island is a goddamn masterpiece. And then Yoshi just fucking went full Yoshi. Um, so, when I, but I will go in the same order as you, G'day. Uh, personally, I would play Metroid Prime because I didn't finish it back in the day. Um, I did play it. I just didn't finish it. And I really want to. I remember liking it very much. I don't know why I didn't get around to wrapping it up. So I'm going to write that wrong and just play Metroid Prime. I'm going to remake Paper Mario. I replayed Paper Mario on the GameCube a couple years ago. It still looks great, still plays great. I like that game a lot, but I'm going to remake it. I'm going to pull back on the backtracking a little bit because you do backtrack a lot. And I'm more than anything, I'm just going to release it on the Switch so that everyone can play a good Paper Mario game again. Um, so that's my remake is more of a re-release. And it's just put it on the fucking Switch so people can actually play it. Although I will warn everyone, the original Nintendo 64 Paper Mario is coming to the Switch online right away. You should all play it. It's really fucking good. And then I'm going to race Animal Crossing because as I've explained many times, I just don't play these games anymore. I loved Animal Crossing New Leaf. I love Minecraft. I, I really like these types of games, but they just get their fangs in me and they ruin my life for weeks at a time. They ruin my productivity. So I refuse to ever, I'll never play one again. Um, same as like people have wrote in telling me to play Terraria, to play Stardew Valley. I'm never playing one of those games. Minecraft on a rare occasion when I just need to relax, I smoke a joint and I play Minecraft. But other than that, I'm not playing any of those games anymore because they just take too much time. I like them, but they're just too much of a time sink. Oh, and Tom Nook is a piece of shit. And I'm not going to give that motherfucker another second of screen time on one of my fucking screens. Lick my ass, Tom Nook. Uh, thanks for playing, everybody. I appreciate it. What have I been up to over the last week? What have I been playing? And then we'll get into Luigi's Mansion. Mostly Mass Effect 2. Uh, it's basically taken over my life. Zach Shepard sponsored an episode. One of our Patreons sponsored an episode of the show over on Patreon and wants to cover Mass Effect 2. Uh, so I'm replaying it for the first time since it came out. And it's just fucking magnificent, you guys. I cannot wait to review this game on the podcast. God, I love Mass Effect 2. Uh, I also finished Resident Evil Village, as I mentioned. That'll be the review on Expansion Pass tomorrow. Um, and that's it. I, I've pretty much just been playing Mass Effect 2 all week. Every chance I've had a, a time to play, I've been playing Mass Effect 2. Um, yeah, so that's it. Let's talk Luigi's Mansion. That's our main event this week. That's what you're all here for. I like to give you guys a chance to sound off on the game we're covering before I uh, rant myself. And a bunch of you wrote in with some different takes. Uh, I'm going to share a few of them here. Stupid Monkey wrote in and said, I remember playing this on a whim. I don't know if I rented it or borrowed it or what, but I could not believe how fun and enjoyable a game about vacuuming could be. Also, Mario is a dick and makes older brothers everywhere look bad. We're obviously superior to our younger counterparts, and yet Luigi is obviously the superior of the two. I agree that this game is, is spectacular and it makes game about vacuuming way more fun than it has to be. I also agree that the older brothers are clearly superiors to the younger brothers, as I am to my younger brother. But I disagree that Mario's a dick. Why is he? A Luigi's the one with the fucking death stare in fucking Mario Kart. Mario's just a nice guy. He even invites his enemies to come Mario Karting. Luigi stares at them the whole time. Luigi's a cunt. That's the problem. Um, Adam Stank wrote in. My Stank wrote in and said, I remember when I got my GameCube for Christmas. I received Luigi's Mansion along with All-Star Baseball 2002 and NHL hits. Luigi was always the character that I selected in Mario-related games, and I was beyond excited to hear that he was finally getting his own game. Suffice it to say that I was disappointed. Where is my fucking platforming? The idea that the first game to prominently feature this guy was about him sucking ghosts up with a vacuum? I gave it about four hours of a chance, put it down, and did not touch it again until I traded it in to get Smash Bros. Melee. As an adult, I tried it again, still couldn't do it. What a goddamn snooze fest. I know people adore this game, but your stank does not fall into the category. That's an interesting take, uh, Adam Stank. I get it. I, I understand why it wouldn't be for everyone. As, as you're going to hear Darren and I get into, like, 
I'm shocked. I, I really like this game, but I'm also shocked that there's absolutely no platforming. And I think there are people that probably reacted to this game precisely the way you did. They bought it, excited to play a game with Luigi, and then we're like, what the fuck? There's no platforming at all. But I will say it's not the first game where Luigi gets his own game. That's that shit fuck Mario is missing, and we don't ever bring that game up around here. This game's way better than Mario is missing. Fuck that game. Hornetbox69 wrote in and said, Luigi's Mansion is the only survival horror game I've ever enjoyed. That... <laughs> I just like that comment because it technically, you're right. The, the idea that it's a fucking survival horror game with Luigi and a vacuum is good stuff. All the good names were taken, wrote in and said, I waited forever to finally buy and fire up this game because I wanted to be sure I was going to enjoy it. I fell absolutely in love with it. Amazing game that's fun for players of any skill. Uh, I agree. Part of the reason that it took me so long to get around to playing it was because it isn't a platformer. As you guys are about to hear, I was like, I don't know, I really want to play a game where I'm just walking around vacuuming. Plus, I won't lie to you, when it comes to standard Mario games, ghost houses are among my least favorite levels. But this game isn't any of the shit. It's all just the fun. And Justin Vissers wrote in and said, wow, this is funny to see. My girlfriend and I just finished this game last week with no memory card. Love this game. A lot of fun. That's insane to me that you finished it without a memory card. But at the same time, it's only like a six or seven hour game, which we're going to get into as well, which I think is one of its rare uh faults is that it's just not long enough but to play it without a memory card that's fucking ballsy i respect the cut of your jib uh justin all right good enough let's talk luigi's mansion that's why you guys are here darren and i are going to share what we like and dislike about this game i'm going to cue up some music and when it stops we're going to take you back to november 18th of 2001 the launch of the nintendo gamecube and the launch of Luigi's own series, Luigi's Mansion. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. All right, so... Joining me on the blank phone this week, returning to the show, is a, a regular guest, a good buddy of mine. You may most recently remember him from our two Spiral the Dragon episodes, uh, which, dude, the Spiral the Dragon 2 episode has kind of, like, lived on in infamy because I've had <laughs> I've had people come in and be like, that game sucks. I've had people come in and be like, that game is awesome. People think you and I are crazy for our various opinions. It's a very uh, surprisingly controversial game for a game as innocent as Spiral <laughs> the Dragon. Um, but joining me on the podcast this week is my pal, Darren Morris. How's it going, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm fucking good. I'm pretty good. Um, I can't wait to see the fucking tires or the storms that we kick up with this game. If Spiral the Dragon 2 ruffled so many fucking, <laughs> I can't get over it, Darren. It was, uh, we'll talk about I, it more I'm, off I'm the air. Bit, like, I don't think I said anything that was ridiculous. Like, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think either of us did, but like, I seriously, dude, I had like, I had people coming at me being like, that game is way better than that. I had people being like, that game sucks. You guys are crazy. Some people just made fun of the way we talked about money bags, that fucking grease bag that sells oh, power-ups. Your boy there. Well, I but... think what was it? It was the, it was the uh, like ghetto Scrooge McDuck or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm money bags. <laughs> no, I don't want to climb that loud. Anyway, um, <laughs> so this week we're talking Luigi's Mansion, which, which is – in a lot of ways, an in, as innocent of game as Spiral the Dragon 2. Uh, but I half expect us to get yelled at for this one, too. Although I will say right off the hop, Darren, um, not that I hate Spyro 2, because I don't hate that game at all. But, like, I have I have very little 
negative. Ne- I have very few negative things to say about Luigi's Mansion. This game is awesome. Yeah, no, mine mine is far more nitpicky than anything else. But no, overall, it's a pretty solid game. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I'm so like so. I only ever played Luigi's Mansion three, the new one on the Switch last year, and I really really like. Did you play that one? I I, I have it. I've not played it. I've only okay. played the first one. It's yeah. it's really good. Like I was my first Luigi's Mansion experience, and I was I was impressed. I was like, this was a lot of fun. So then, ever since then, Luigi's Mansion, the original from the GameCube, has kind of been on like my radar. But it's been like a someday. And then it won our Patreon poll in October, which was funny because it was we ran like a horror themed uh, Patreon poll in October, and a whole bunch of people were were bounding for Silent Hill two. Um, have you are you a Silent Hill guy at all? No, I'm I'm pretty it's too scary, Adam. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> me too. And everyone makes fun of me. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm a pussy. I don't like scary things. But if you, I, if you look back at all if you look back at all the games I've covered on your podcast, there's like there's a pretty constant trend. They're all pretty childish. Yeah, they are. Yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah. fine. I like there's nothing wrong with that. That's good shit. And so yeah. I was pumped when Luigi's Mansion came out on top because I was like, fuck yeah, this should be the least scary of all of these games and it wasn't scary at all but when i sat down and i went out and bought it for my gamecube and played it on my gamecube and um first of all i'm i'm shocked by how well it holds up like it 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 like i don't know what what year did this fucking game come out 2000 2001 i think yeah 2001 it? yeah it launched on 2000 so it's 20 years old and yeah, like it's, it, it looks it, so clean it really does it looks yeah. like a game that like it's it like Luigi's Mansion 3 looked better, but not by leaps and bounds. Like, I was floored. Considering that this is a fucking launch title for the Nintendo GameCube. Like, that's... And, like, so that shocks me. Um, We'll go into the... Okay, we'll go go down this road first. I'm I'm making a note here. I don't want to forget to come back to this. Um, Yeah. Did you play this? So, did you play this game back on the Cube, like, when it came out back in its, like, heyday? I did. I bought it. I got it in a bundle, I think, with Metroid prime was that the one that was for the uh, yeah yeah i got in a bundle and i never really got into it a whole lot at the time because like back then you know ooh, scary uh but uh i honestly thought when i loaded it back up i was expecting it to be more pixely like i was expecting it to look like mario 64 yeah and it didn't it was like I was surprised how clean everything looks like it. I, I was shocked. I, I was surprised how well the graphics held up for this game. Yeah, man. Especially when you keep in mind, like, and we just did an episode of expansion pass about the GameCube. So I'm repeating myself to anyone that listened to that, but like the GameCube was up against the Xbox and the PS2 and the Dreamcast rest in peace, Dreamcast. But like, yeah, yeah. like the GameCube was facing some stiff competition and I know there's a lot of people out there that love the PS2 and that's cool. And I know a lot of people love the original Xbox. I also love the original Xbox, but I'm like, I, I will fucking plant my flag in the ground and say like GameCube games have aged better than PS2 or Xbox games. As far as, oh, at yeah. least as far as graphics and stuff go. Like, Absolutely. Like even if you look at like a game that might have similar graphics, like a Ratchet and Clank, if you load that up on your PS2, it looks the the Luigi's Mansion GameCube looks so much cleaner. Yeah. Than any of those kind of like cartoony animated uh, PS2 games do. Yeah, and you've got to remember too what's wild is that like I said this is a launch title. Like most consoles the, like the launch titles are great at launch, but by the end of the console's life, the launch titles kind of show their age a little bit, right? And it's I mean, particularly when a game is 20 years old and it was a launch title. But I'm sitting there playing this game and I'm like, dude, this was like one of the first games they ever released for this system. And I'm like, this is magnificent looking. Like, I don't even, 
it's not to shit on future GameCube games, but I'm like, I don't even think they got much better look. Like, I think this is better looking than Mario Sunshine. Personally, I think it's a better looking game than Mario Sunshine. I think it's a better game than Mario Sunshine, I but I, I think the dark, like the dark colors kind of probably like help that. As yeah, well. you're probably right. Um, but like, I know I was talking to you uh, a couple weeks ago about like, cause we, I mentioned it back then. I was surprised how good it looked. And like, I actually had to Google what the like specifications of the Nintendo Wii were because I was like, is this like, this doesn't, if, if I loaded it up thinking it was a Wii title, I wouldn't bat my eye. I'd go, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that's what it looked like back then. So, yeah. but this was even like five or six years before the Wii kind of came out. And yeah. I don't think it looks a whole lot worse than like a Twilight Princess or something like that. So no. it's, they did quite a bit with this uh, game for the graphics. Yeah, I agree. And like, if anything, and we'll move on from this in a second, but just like, I, to me, it is just, and listen, before any of you come at me, be like, you're a Nintendo homer. I, you, I have the card in my wallet. Like I'm a full blown Nintendo fanboy. I've never hidden that fact. But having said all that, I'm like, dude, this is just like one more check uh, one more checked box to just the legacy of the Nintendo GameCube, which for my money is the the most successful underrated console of all time. Because I think the Dreamcast is underrated. I think the PS Vita is underrated. Neither of them, in my opinion, came anywhere near the success that the GameCube did. But like, I, I the GameCube I, was I just such a great console. I would say it's the most underrated Nintendo console. Without question. Uh, yeah, no like, question. I, I'm, I'm a big Dreamcast guy. Um... I had one myself and I love the Dreamcast, but I feel like there are others that maybe are a bit more underrated than the GameCube is. Cause like they're, oh, they did sell a lot of units of it. Absolutely. They're competing with the, uh, like the PS2, which was at the time, like the very most sold console of all time until I think the PS3 came out. No, no, um, the, no, we yeah. actually looked that up. The PS2 is still number one. Like the PS2 is probably never going to get it because the DVD player fucking sold 3 billion consoles and that fucking. Well, that, 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 that's what Sony did. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. first. Yeah. Every Sony provided or like the PlayStation provided everyone their first like CD player, their yeah. DVD player, their Blu-ray. Yeah. It was my first DVD player. But um yeah, mine too. But that's what I mean when I say that like to me it's the most cuz like it was a success. Like the like I love the Dreamcast too, but the Dreamcast it's hard to call the Dreamcast a success when it was, you know, basically killed Sega's console uh ambitions. And the PS Vita is the last handheld Sony console. And I love the Vita, but it, it didn't, oh, it didn't succeed. Whereas like, I feel like the GameCube succeeded, but despite the fact that it was a success, I still feel like it's underrated. It's just, I feel like the Dreamcast should have succeeded. Whereas the GameCube did. I just think more people should have talked about the GameCube that did. Like, I think now there's a huge interest in the GameCube. I think now people are like, dude, that was a great little console. But back then, I think a lot of people chalked it up as like the children's system, you know? Well, I, I was just going to say that because I think back then that was kind of when you're getting the switch from like video games are for kids to like more of the Grand Theft Auto, the Halos, all yeah. those types of things started to blow up. And I think everyone was going crazy about being in love and excited with those games. They kind of looked at the Nintendo as like, oh yeah, well, I mean, that's, yeah, maybe if I was like five, I'd take the GameCube. But I think people have a bit more appreciation for that type of game because he's open world first person shooters they get kind of dull and boring and repetitive after sure. a while and then you look back at the gamecube and it's like there's a lot of titles on there that are quite unique and okay and so and that's where i wanted to transition to because 
when I said that the Luigi's Mansion was a launch title, and 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 I, and I mean that in a great way, in the sense of I'm like, dude, this is a spectacular looking launch title. But I also think, and again, we're not just going to talk about the GameCube's legacy. We're going to talk Luigi's Mansion. If any of you listen to this or interested, uh, there is one of the episodes of Expansion Pass we just did in the last few weeks was all about the Nintendo GameCube. So you can find that. Uh, actually, I'm going to sneak in a Patreon plug in the middle of the patreon.com slash remember the game, two bucks a month. I had to get it in there. But anyway, uh, I'm a businessman. As, as great as this game looks as a launch title, Darren, I'm also very, very shocked that this was a launch title because your launch library goes a long way to how, you know, winning people over with your console and stuff like that, particularly when it's the Nintendo GameCube and you're up against the fucking behemoth. That was the PlayStation 2. And this was the first Nintendo console that didn't launch with a Mario game. And that's a fucking... It's not that Luigi's Mansion is bad by any stretch. I already said it once. I'll say it again. I think this is a better game than Mario Sunshine. But I'm floored that they went with this as opposed to Mario Sunshine as a launch title. Do you know what I mean? I'll I'll be honest. When I was like... How old was I when I got this? I was probably like 14 maybe. And I know my first thought was like, why isn't it Mario? Yeah. Yeah. Like I was kind of like, what the hell? Where's where's Mario? Mario's missing. Sorry, that's no, something else. Um, oh, I was like, where's Mario? <laughs> by the way, <sighs> by the way, this game could easily be Mario is missing, but they didn't want to go back down that no, road. No, this could be that's Mario really is missing what, the good version. Like this is this what game it could is have been. Mario's missing. Where's Mario? Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Sorry, um, I had to get that in there. But no, yeah, no, it was like, I was like, why is this not Mario? Why yeah. is it Luigi? Yeah. No, I, so I was kind of like. This is his brother. Like, this is... Anyway, yeah, I, I thought that, too. I was 18 when this thing came out. And I I was just... I was working my own... Like, I was working job... Like, I finally had my own money to buy my consoles and to buy my, my video games and stuff with. And I, I'm not going to lie to everybody, despite the fact... So, at this point, I had a PS1. And I, I was still a Nintendo fanboy, but PlayStation, like... I was curious. Like, PlayStation... I was interested in PlayStation at this point. And the GameCube came out, and for the first time in my entire life as a gamer, I had the money to buy a Nintendo system when it launched, and I didn't. And the reason for that was because the two launch games I remember for the GameCube were this and Star Wars. I think it was like Rogue Squadron or something. It was like a Star Wars game. And I didn't give a fuck about Star Wars in high school at all. I did not give a fuck about Star Wars. And I was I like, still don't. I see I've kind of come around, <laughs> but I, I could take or leave it. And then I saw Luigi's mansion and I was just like, yo, like I like Luigi. Like he's, he's, you know, I have no beef with Luigi, but I was like, I don't like, what the fuck? Like, is it, maybe this isn't going to sound fair to this game. When you launched it with Luigi's mansion, I, to me, the impression it gave me was Nintendo wasn't taking the GameCube seriously. Like it came across as like, here's a secondary character on a second. And this is a secondary console. Does that make sense? Like that's how it felt to me, especially when you remember that at this point, Halo's got Xbox Halo or pardon me. Xbox has Halo. Xbox has master chief. Xbox has got this big badass looking fucking shooter. Sony's got the PS2 with its DVD player and final fantasy 10 and metal gear solid and all the grand theft auto and all these things. And, and here comes Nintendo and it's like, well, we buy Nintendo consoles for Nintendo games. And they were like, Oh yeah, by the way, we're kind of going with like our, our backup to launch this thing. It would be like if the Nintendo switch launched, with like with fucking Kirby. yeah Kirby <laughs> or like Star Fox or F Zero and I love F Zero I'm not shitting on those franchises, but you expect your launch to come out with like if you're ever gonna take your balls out and put them on the table it's at fucking launch, 
And well, instead, like, it was switch, like it was they, this. Like the Switch came out full blade with like uh, Breath of the Wild, which was like incredible. You'd expect that type of yeah top end thing for a launch title. Yeah, I was and also the other thing. I don't know. I don't want to get off too off topic with the uh, other systems. You got to remember, like I think the GameCube was the only one that didn't offer online. Yeah, you might be. Like, yeah, because like the PS2, like because like the PS2 did, had but... online. They had like the connection that you could get for it. The Xbox had it inside. Yeah. So like they were kind of like dipping their toes into the multiplayer online thing, and the GameCube was busting out Mario with a va- or uh, sorry Luigi with a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, and that okay, and that's the other. Th- and again, like listen, everybody, I don't want it to sound like we're just shitting on Luigi's Mansion because like I said off the top, I love this. Like we're gonna get into the good in a minute. It's it's I love this game. It's not. I don't mean to shit on it. I'm just really, really flabbergasted by the decision that they would kick this console off with Luigi because the other thing about this game, Darren, was I remember playing the demo unit at, like, Zeller's. That fucking ages me. But I remember playing the demo (laughs) unit at fucking Zeller's when this thing came out. And I was like, it looks neat, but I'm like, this isn't... Like, it's not even a Mario game. Like, there's no platforming. He doesn't jump. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're walking around, like... In a five-minute demo, when you play this, you're like, so am I, like, cleaning this house? Like, I'm walking <laughs> around with a vacuum cleaner? Like, is that what the... What the fuck? This is what you're launching? You're sit Like, I just... I don't get it. Like, and now, again, I love this game. Love this fucking no, it, game. But I, I it's such it a weird decision, way. though. So weird. It was ballsy. It was ballsy, but I guess maybe they just had confidence. They knew it was a good game, so they just like, yeah, put it out there. I like guess they'll so. get over the fact that it's not they'll get over the fact that it's not Mario. Just yeah, put it out there. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's exactly what it was. So okay, now having said that, I feel like okay, I feel like we we've covered the idea that they launched it with a fucking weird house cleaning Luigi game. Um now that that's out of the way, I want to get into Luigi's mansion and how fucking spectacular it is. Cause Darren, I know that Mario is missing has almost become like a meme around Remember the Game because I hate that fucking game so much. But yeah. this this game truly is what Mario is missing could have been. Like it is yeah. so good, and Mario is missing, and Luigi's yeah. going to save him, and it's awesome because up until this game, all Luigi had ever been was your little brother or sister, or if you were it the little second, brother or sister, you yeah, played as him. Player. Yeah, yeah, you know, or maybe you used him in Mario Kart for some fucking weird reason. Um, he fucking sucks in Mario Kart, He's- but. Go ahead. He's taller, so he gets the chicks. Luigi gets the chicks. I guess that's yeah, I guess that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, he's he fucking he yeah. is. Well, why, why why is Peach not going after Luigi? He's got that height. Yeah, he, well, because he's got he's with Daisy. I think I think he's I don't know. Doesn't matter. Fucking Luigi. Uh. <laughs> it's, he's he's I, but like he was just he'd always been just the secondary shit character. Like for lack of a better term, he'd always been the little brother. You know, and it it was really Ooh. it's really neat to see him step like I. God, I wish that Mario Sunshine had launched the GameCube and this had come out like two years in because then I think people would have been like, this is fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like back then people would have been like, this is sick. Like Luigi has his own fucking game. But instead it launched and I think a lot of my, like I'm the older brother and I was like, well, I don't don't want to play as like the little brother, the little brother character. I want to be Mario. But then you sit down and play it and I'm like, dude, this is a fucking... Mario is missing. Luigi gets the chance. It starts to give Luigi some character. Because remember, too, he was missing from Mario 64. Like, yes, he, yeah, yeah. right? Which to this day, I still think is insanity. But like, he was, he wasn't playable in Mario 64. And so you finally get him a game and give him a chance to shine. And this was when they started to give him that character of being like the scaredy cat. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he just, like, he's doing the like Mario and like he's terrified yeah. all the time. 
and I when I was playing through this game there and like I know now that he's like chicken shit Luigi but I'm playing this game and I'm like dude how do you not like this guy like he's so easy mm -hmm. to cheer for this game you know yeah yeah it. yeah the Rudy of Mario <laughs> yes that's exactly <laughs> what he is he's totally the fucking Rudy of Mario I love that so yeah. you go into the mansion and like the first like 15 20 minutes where they're setting the table kind of sucks and it like it doesn't suck, but like whatever. But once you get a hold of the poltergeist or poltergust, pardon me, like you get a hold of the vacuum, uh, shit gets crazy. And like it's basically Mario or it's Luigi Ghostbusters, is what this game yeah. is. Um, the, the, you talk about the opening though, and one thing that I was always kind of like creeped out. Like I know it's like a fringe horror game, like it's a kids horror game, sure. we'll call it. And the thing that I found the creepiest or the scariest is like that 90 year old baby scientist with a tooth. Yeah. Like I thought this dude's for sure. This dude is for sure feeding Luigi to ghosts. Profe like Professor Egad. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Professor Egad. He's fucking creepy yeah, yeah, as like, shit. Like the, like the bottled bubbles glasses with yeah. like a single tooth. Like I didn't know if he was 90 years old or like, Four. Yeah, like if he's like a genius infant. Care of the... <laughs> also, Louis, so uh, I don't know if you're going to talk about it later, but did you want to talk about like the story itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, let's do it. I love it. So, so I feel like Luigi would be that dude that gets his identity stolen because he answers those scam callers. Yeah, he's like, oh, I want a trip. Awesome. Yeah, totally. It's totally the first, the first scheme. Yeah, <laughs> I never even thought of that. But you're right. Yeah, he he got the dude. What if like all of us listening to this right now, everyone listening to this, at some point has got an email being like, "Hey, a relative of yours left you millions of dollars, but you've got to do this to get it." What if like we all have a mansion? Luigi was just the only one of us that went ahead with it. Like all of us have yeah, mansions out there. We've just not pulled maybe. the trigger. And Luigi was like, or, I'll, t "I'll take a mansion. Sure, fuck yeah." Or let's say he does maybe a different Mario game. Like he doesn't get his mansion and then you have to spend the next eight hours of your life building up his credit because yeah. he lost everything. <laughs> Collecting <laughs> iTunes cards to pay off the fucking, the fine that you have to pay these people or whatever. Um, yeah. I never even thought of that, but you're right. It is such a, cause this game came out before those, like those scams were really like prominent or anything. And it's funny yeah, now yeah. to look at that and think that like, yeah, basically Nintendo, this was like the first fucking like e scam email and luigi just bought it hook line and sinker and like like, they... like <laughs> where, where was toad where was toad to be like dude i don't think you won that like he's like no no i just got a call I, I i want a mansion yeah did you did you sign up did you buy a raffle ticket no they just called me i got a mansion like they, yeah they, like they spelled <laughs> your name wrong man like it's <laughs> like, like it says louis like there's not even a g in it he's like no you don't Why understand you and mark you're you know just, and if Mario and Luigi just carpooled there, we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, they're like, Toad, you're just pissed off that you didn't win the mansion. Fuck off. Um, but yeah, so then Sorry, you, I wasn't trying to get too off. No, 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 I never even thought of that. But it is totally a, the first fucking internet scam. So then he gets to like, he gets to this like mansion and it's like haunted and then he runs into the creepy Dr. Baby. Um, yeah. And then Dr. Baby gives him the Nintendo version of the Proton Pack. And then uh, yeah. he goes in and starts and starts hunting ghosts. And like, what I love about this game is when you get like, it really. And I noticed it playing it. I was like, dude, they totally like. There's Resident Evil in this fucking game. Like when you're going to yeah. like the doors, and then you're like, like I get that those are loading screens. Like when you open a door, and then all it shows is the door opening. It's the same reason yeah. Resident Evil does it and everything. It's like a clever hide for a loading screen. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I loved it. I fucking love that idea that you go into these rooms and you can't move the camera at all. It's like a still set camera, just like Resident Evil. And you're going through mm-hmm. this big mansion, just like Resident Evil. And you have to open doors and solve puzzles and figure like it's it is it is Nintendo's Resident Evil, but it's 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 I it's brilliant. It's a brilliant. It's a, it's such a brilliant game. Every room you go into is just so much fun to explore. And like I personally felt like I don't know how you felt, but like every time I opened a new room, I was excited to be like, I wonder what weird fucking funky ghost is going to be in here. Like what puzzle am I, I going to have to solve? You know, I love that sense of anticipation, you know. As I was opening the door, I'm like, oh, I hope the lights are already on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. And it, <laughs> yeah. like, you go into the rooms and, like, I, what I love about the Luigi's Mansion games, it's not even, like, we'll get into the hunting ghosts in a minute because I think the ghost hunting is really well done. Um, I like how your vacuum can interact with just about everything in every room. Like, mm-hmm. and, like, that, like, the level of polish that goes into these games and the way that you can like suck a tablecloth off of a table, but then everything else stays on there. You can suck, you know, clothes off clothes hangers, but the hangers stay there hanging, you know, or you, or the shower curtain. And then there might be a ghost in the shower showering that like screams when you pull the shower curtain aside and you never do anything with your hand. It's always with this vacuum and the physics, like I'm no scientist. So maybe someone else watches it. Listen, this is like, dude, the physics are totally fucked up. What are you talking about? But I'm like, it, it feels like it's accurate. Like it feels like this is what it would feel like to suck up a shower curtain in my vacuum and then have to pull on it to try to get it to rip off of the, the bar and get, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. Yeah. And every room has stuff like that. Every room it's really, really well done, really polished. I like how all the rooms kind of had their own different themes as Mm -hmm. well. Like there was the library, there was the, uh, uh, I think my favorite one was the uh, the one with all the musical instruments. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I do. And you could like play the Mario theme and stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, you um... did all it plays out the Mario theme and like, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I liked all the kind yeah. of how diverse all the rooms and stuff were as well. And how there is almost like a character that would match that room, whether it be like a bodybuilder or like a baby in like uh, in a nursery or something like that. Yeah. So I, I, I the, yeah. The big fat guy in the dining room with like the huge table full of food and he's like completely yeah. ignoring you, just pigging out like. And there's just like waiters going around the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, I like, you're right. I like how every room interacts with your vacuum. I like how every room is different and has like a theme. And no two rooms feel repetitive. Even like separate bedrooms don't feel repetitive or anything. And then, mm-hmm. um, to me outside of Luigi, um, cause again, I, I really, I've really grown to just love Luigi. Like, I don't know how anyone could be a Nintendo fan and not love Luigi. He's, he is totally Nintendo's Rudy fucking nailed it. I love that. But, yeah. um, I, I like how, uh, to me, the, the other star of this game is the ghosts because the, I mean, the hallway ghosts get I, like, I guess my only real criticism oh no i have one other actually fairly big criticism that i'll get to later I think we might have the same one since um, you mentioned it, i think it might be the same i'm just writing it down so i don't come i want to come back to it but okay. one of the things that bothered i guess not bothered me but like when you're when you're just walking through the hallway and you're just interacting with like the generic like little yellow ghosts or blue go whatever um yeah they start to after a while i was they would because there's a lot of there is a a lot is maybe not even a big enough word. Like there is a mountain of backtracking in this game. Um, and they respawn every yeah. single time. And they're just a nuisance. Another room. Like they're not, yeah. they're not they're They very rarely kill you. Uh, you don't really get anything from them. Some money, I guess, 
but they just become annoying. And I just found myself trying to like run past them, but then they would do their little attacks and like throw the bowling ball or the, you know, the bowling ball bombs or fucking whatever at me. And it was just, it did hit a point where I was like a little bit more, even if there had just been a little bit more variety in the basic ghosts, you know what I mean? Like maybe that would have changed it up. Cause I just, it hit a point or where I just was if- like, fuck off. Like, one thing that I was kind of struggling with, and it's probably because I'm really bad at video games, Adam, but the the thing that bugged me was is that it was kind of hard to refill your health meter often. Yeah. And it'd be like, you'd be kind of like down in that 25, 35 range. And if those ghosts in the hallway could actually offer like a health reboot or something like that, I would have liked it. But I just felt it was kind of repetitive. And I'm like, oh, geez, I'm going to be... I don't want to die or I don't want to lose a hit on my way to this next thing. Yeah. Uh, just because of it. But like that was, sorry, that was in my uh, bad column. No, I no, I, I agree yeah. with you. And like near the end of the game, I think it was in the attic in the last, like in the high, in the top floor. Uh, like one of the first rooms you go into, there's like a little treasure chest in the corner with like a big heart that gives you back like half your health. And it does come back fairly regularly. And I found myself going back to that a lot, but I agree uh, with you. Like, I don't, if you're going to make me deal with these generic fucking cookie cutter ghosts in the hallway every time i walk through the hallway at least make them drop hearts a little bit more regularly i agree with that like i so i found them to i and i want to stay i don't really find the backtracking to be much of a nuisance because the mansion is not very big and it's fun to explore and it's it's it this game almost has hints of a metroidvania to it like you get a new a key or new ability and you're like well now i can go to there and do this you know what i mean like i like that stuff it was just dealing with the fucking ghosts all the time um Mm -hmm. having said that though where i wanted to go is as bad as those generic hallway ghosts are pretty well every one of the big ghosts you have to catch the painting ghosts uh, yeah are awesome just about all of them are awesome because the fights are so like basically you have to like most of the ghosts to catch them you have to blind them with your flashlight and then suck them up um Mm -hmm. but then when you deal with these big ghosts Sometimes there's a little bit more to it. You need to do something like to lure puzzle. them out, you know, yeah, or whatever. Like there's like a puzzle component. And I really like the kind of collectability of the portraits and how like all those similar to the rooms, each one of those ghosts have its own personality and backstory. Yeah. Like there's that uh, was I think the butler was like in love with the piano player or something like that. And you had to try to open up her area. You needed to uh, like get him first and stuff. But like I liked how all of them kind of like they all looked unique, but they were all kind of made up in the same style for like kind of just what the artwork of it is, I guess. Yeah. Um, but like all those different, whether it be like the baby, the twins, the mom and dad, the the musician, the bodybuilder, whatever, they all had like their very own um uh kind of personalities. And yeah. Stuff. And 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 to me, that's what made them cool because like at the end of the day. This game is fairly repetitive. You're walking around this mansion that doesn't really get much bigger and you get to know the mansion like the back of your hand. And by and large, you're just trying to find ways to get to new rooms to catch ghosts. And once you figure out how to make a ghost appear and then once you figure out how to catch it, because like I'm going to go back to like the, the big the big ghost that's eating all the food in the banquet or in the dining room. Like you can flash your flashlight at him forever. He just completely ignores you and disappears. And you know, you have to figure out what you've got to do to kind of get his attention. Or like you mentioned the the weightlifting ghost um, to get him to start really paying attention to you. You have to like use your vacuum to suck up a punching bag 
and pull it back and then let go of the vacuum and then the punching bag will swing over and hit him in the head and then he gets pissed mm. off and starts coming after you. And at the end of the day, once you figure out how to get them into a state where you can catch them, then it does become the same old wear their health down to zero and suck them up and catch them. But what keeps it from getting boring and repetitive is partially the puzzle you have to solve to figure out how to make them into a shape where you can catch them. And part is just, it's funny, like watching these fucking different, really cool animated ghosts do these normal things. Like it's like they, they never, it never, despite the fact that you do the same thing over and over and over again for like 10 hours, I never found it got boring at all. Like I wanted mm -hmm. to see what the next ghost was going to be, what the next one was going to be. Um, and they're really, really well animated. Like the way they have that transparent kind of blue go, you know, ghostbusters ghost look to them. Like every ghost, every main ghost you have to catch is just so much fun to deal with. It's like playing a Saturday morning cartoon kind of, um, I just, yeah, I yeah. found it considering that the game is so dark and you mentioned that it's a really dark game. They find a way to still make it very bright and colorful at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh which is really cool Oops. uh one thing that i thought was kind of cool because like back then you didn't have a lot of like i'm trying to think of like other like games that had similar thing like this i really like the uh the little game boy color or game boy horror yeah oh dude that was such a rad touch a game boy horror was awesome awesome yeah. i so like just kind of having to use that to kind of interact with different things whether it be like oh i need to go into that little mouse hole or oh, I need to uh, identify the heart or whatever of the ghost sometimes beforehand to kind of interact and hear what they have to say. And kind of they kind of have like a bit of a one-sided conversation on that. But like just kind of having that like little tool, if you will, just always there, it was kind of like a good plug for like other Nintendo products with because it was essentially a Game Boy Color. And uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool using that to interact and kind of find the booze and stuff. Um the booze, on the other hand, or something I wasn't as excited about. But, uh, yeah, no, just something I liked about it was that uh, Game Boy Color Horror thing. Yeah, that I got a real kick out of that when I was playing it. Because, again, I didn't play this back then. So, like, that was a blast from the past for me to be sitting here playing this GameCube game. And then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, you're, like, almost every game gives you basically some kind of, uh, like, it's like your Pip-Boy from Fallout. Like, every game, everything gives you, like, a little central hub with your, your data and shit in it. And uh, mm. the fact that this one is a Game Boy, but then they went as far as to call it the Game Boy Horror instead of the Game Boy Color. Like, the idea that that, that fucking Professor Egad, the giant old mutant baby guy, like, the fact, like, I, basically, to me, the way I interpreted it was, like, he had a Game Boy Color laying around and then just modified it to be this thing yeah. instead. And, uh, I, and, like, that's the shit. And this is the reason I, when I suck that Nintendo dick and I talk about the polish, this is a prime example. I'm like, that is just... A little detail that really does nothing to make your enjoyment of the game more or less, but it just the polish and that they thought to do that instead of just giving you a generic item that does the exact same thing. I love those. Those are the little touches that Nintendo games have that I just get such a kick out of, you know, um, another a little touch or I, were you going to say something else about that? Sorry. No, 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 I'm good. Give her. Oh, I was going to say a little touch. I kind of like, and again, it's like, it's not as like out there for a game today, but if you kind of think about what was the previous standard for like a Mario game before this, it was like Mario 64 or whatever. Yeah. And just the fact that while Luigi is going around the mansion, he's kind of whistling that like theme song or like, just like, I just loved it. It kind of like, uh, just kind of gave a little bit more of a, 
personality interactive thing with Luigi. Whereas like in old Mario 64, the only kind of noises he'd make would be like, whoop, whoop, yeah, like, yeah. like, so like just having like him kind of ominously whistling the theme song as he kind of shivers and trembles through the hallway, uh, kind of showing his nervousness and stuff I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. It kind of, it's funny because you bring up Mario 64 and like, we look back on Mario 64 now and like, sure. Mario just going like, whoop, wahoo is basic, but like, take yourself back to 1996 and you were like, holy fuck, that's what he sounds like. Like, cause we never yeah. knew, you know what I mean? But then yeah, the GameCube is the next, it's, this is a launch title for your next console. And you took the sound effects and leveled them up. You gave Luigi a little bit of a voice and the way that, yeah, he like kind of hums the song and, and like the, I like to me, the sound effects in this game are just as good as the, as the, the graphics. Like, I think the game looks great. And I think the game sounds outstanding considering there's not a ton of music in it. Like it's not, you know, high pitched Nintendo music the whole time you're playing. Yeah. It never gets, it's again, never boring or repetitive. The music's always like, I, I won't lie to you guys. Like I play a lot of retro games for this podcast and usually I, a lot of the time I will listen to like music or a podcast of my own while I play. Cause after you've heard the music, you're like, okay, I know what the music is, but this game, like it kind of, it adds to the atmosphere. It doesn't make it scary, but you feel for Luigi while you're playing with like the I'll little sound effects. I was, driving, I was driving today and the song is like stuck in my head. Like just those like tones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it really, it does. It adds another, like, I, again, I remember being blown away to hear them talking a little bit on the 64 and this just added to it. It was, I, it's a good touch. I love the sound of this game. I, I think it's as good as the graphics. I think, um, Okay, so the, the two things left that I really wanted to get into were the controls and um, and the booze and the collectibles. And <laughs> that's funny. I got both of those on my list as well. Perfect. Okay, well then yeah. let's do let's do the booze first because frankly, I that's my other criticism and the controls I like. So I want to end on something good. Oh, okay. Why okay. do you feel the other way? I didn't like the inverted controls. Oh, okay. Now, okay. So all right. Okay, let's do the booze and then we'll go to the controls because I agree with okay, you on okay, that okay. point. But uh, the booze. So when you start playing the game, and I don't mean like alcohol, like booze, like the ghosts, booze. Uh, there's yeah. 50 of them that you can catch throughout the game. And it's optional. You don't have to go catch all of them. But I'm the same thing as when I played Luigi's, like I 100%ed Luigi's Mansion 3. And I was like, the fuck if I'm not 100%ing this game. And I set out to do it. And the thing is, what I love, Darren, you play a lot of games like I do, like the Spyros and those, you know, the collect kind of collect-a-thon games like Jack and Daxter and stuff like that. I love it when, especially if it, you, don't, you don't have to do it right away, but by the end of the game, let me know at least the vicinity of the collectibles I'm missing and then let me go find them so that if I want to do a clean sweep, like, I, like I'm not going to lie to you, dude. If I had to just aimlessly walk through this mansion until I, I fucking shook a box and the boo came out and I had no idea where they were, I never would have got all the boos. Like, mm -hmm. give me, give me, like, play hot and cold with me. Give me just an idea of where I got to go. And I love that they do that because you can find all 50 boos just because the, the the Game Boy Horror, the light starts blinking to let you know when you're close to a, a boo. You know when you're in a room where a boo is, and then it plays yeah. the hot and cold as you get closer. I love that. I love that. And I like catching the boos, except for the fact that some of these boos have like the most health of anyone in the game out that isn't a boss and is there something like 300 it's insanity <laughs> and you're in the middle and like so if you've never played it i guess this kind of ties into the controls you have to suck these ghosts up and so once you get them caught in the vacuum like imagine their tail 
There's my voice crack for the episode. Imagine like the ghost's like tail is in your vacuum and then you pull the you pull the analog stick away from wherever the ghost is going and it's like a tug of war. And as you pull back on them, you drain their health and when their health hits zero, you catch them. But some of these boos have so much fucking health and they can go away. They can hide through. They can go through walls to get away from you. And yeah. that started to irritate me when I got down to like four or five boos left that I needed to catch. And you go, especially upstairs where it's like two long hallways with a bunch of rooms on either side of the hallway. The fucking ghosts would like those, those fucking booze, you'd knock like 10 health off and then they would go through a wall. So then you'd be like, all right, well, chase them into the hallway, knock another 15 health off. And then he goes through the wall that takes him to the other side of that floor. So you have to walk all the way around, take Sometimes 10 more health off him. Sometimes Ugh. it wouldn't even be the same boo. Yeah. And then it would be a different boo. And that yeah. was, that was like, and the thing is, is like, maybe I'm wrong, but like, I, like I get how to play the game. I hundred percented it. You can slow them down by, by pulling the analog trigger or the analog stick away the right direction from whatever direction they're going. But I don't think you can outright stop them. Like they will go through those fucking walls and they become such a pain in the ass to fucking chase down. Cause you might knock like 15 health off of a 300 or, you know, 150, you know, health ghost. You might take away 15 of his health and he goes through the wall. And then it's like a 15 second hike to get back to him. And then you get another 10 health off of him. And then he goes back to the wall. That really started to wear on my patience after a while. So the, the thing I didn't like about the boots is there's nothing in the game that tells you that you do have to catch a certain amount to pro to progress the game. Right. You don't have to get like all of them, but you have to get no, but a you certain have to get number. Some of them. Yeah. And there was a few times that I was like stuck and I'm like, dude, I have no idea where I'm supposed to go. Like I, I like all the rooms I'd been in were like, I had no new keys, no new leads on keys, no new leads on like the portrait ghosts and stuff like that. And I was like, where I, I probably spent 45 minutes just wandering around until I realized I had to catch more booze to progress the story. Right. It, so yeah, for me, yeah. it's just like, let me know if that's what it is. Like have that little creepy uh, doctor baby kind of be like, Oh, you need blah, blah, blah more to blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Oh, okay. Then I, I would at least know. So my issue with the booze wasn't so much catching them. My issue was just the uh, not knowing at the time that I needed to, to progress the story right like in mario 64 it would tell you like you know you need eight stars to open this next door and yeah, so you yeah, knew yeah. like i don't need all the stars i need to get eight and yeah there are a couple of points where you need to catch so many boos but it doesn't tell you that i, I get that um yeah i just i was trying to clean them up as i went so i always had enough like i never ran into that i just found it to be a fucking nuisance to have to chase some of them through the walls and like i don't i'm not saying i want it to be baby's first boo catch like i want it to be put some challenge in there because this is not the most difficult game you've ever played um, no. put some challenge in there. It was just the fucking nuisance. Uh, it was one thing if they would go through a wall into the room right beside me and I could just take the door through and follow them. But when they would go somewhere where I had to walk around an entire floor to get to where they were to keep trying to catch. And then like you said, sometimes you get there and they're gone now. And I would just be like, you fucking assholes. Like I, oh, yeah. I was like, the problem was that I was like, I had like 46 or 47 of them. I was right at the end of the game. I'm ready to go fight the King boo. And I'm like, well, I can't not finish this now. Even though I was like, <laughs> I'm losing my patience and I don't want to fucking finish this. I should. Um, but but the fact that it tells you where they are saves you a lot of pain and suffering. So I like that. Um, oh, before we get into the controls, one other thing that I thought was really, really cool. 
uh, like you know that you're going to this mansion and you know Mario is there because there's the fortune telling ghost and you've got to find some of Mario's equipment and bring it like his like glove and his fucking hat or whatever. Uh, And you bring them back to this fortune telling ghost and then they tell you where to go next. And like, I'm down with all that. But there's one part in the game where you go back into the courtyard. I think it's with a courtyard behind the mansion and you go down the well and then you realize that like you can't get through these. You like find this like secret entrance to this like basement dungeon and you can't get in there, but you see Mario like in the painting, like looking at you. Um, and I just really, that's just another one of those little things that I just was like, you could have gone this whole way and not even found this. But the fact that they threw it in and you see he's down there now and you got to get down to him. Like it's, those are just those little things. Like it's not a, I guess the point I'm trying to make to repeat myself is that like, I know you spend the whole game in this one mansion, but it never, you never know what's around the next corner in this one mansion that it never gets boring. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, I'm always excited to see what's in the next room. Like what, like or, or like, oh my God, there's a hint that Mario's here or stuff like that. I, I like that. I like that touch a lot. That's all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Me too. Now, having said that, the controls, I like the mechanic of catching the ghosts. I like the idea that you have to hit them with your flashlight. It stuns them for a minute and then you can see their heart. And while you can see their heart, you hit the trigger, the vacuum starts sucking. And once you catch a ghost in it, like a... Like we've all been vacuuming and caught, you know, a fucking like a, a floor rug or something in the vacuum. That's what it's like. But you've caught the ghost in your vacuum and then you just have to pull back from the direction they're going uh, as to drain their health to zero. And then you can catch them. I'm going to get into the inverted controls in a minute because I fucking agree with you a billion times over. But the catching ghosts mechanic, I really, really like for the yeah, most no, part. I, I do, too. Kind of like that. The way you put it before with the tug of war. Like, I agree with that. Um, for me, the my or sorry, I was going to talk about the inverted. No, no, I just well, I just wanted to say like, it, it it's like you're trying to guess which way the ghosts are going to go while you're trying to suck them in, like the stronger ghosts. And mm-hmm. sometimes it gets a little bit frustrating because you'll be fight, you'll be trying to catch a ghost, and maybe there's like five or six ghosts in the room, and most of them can hurt you, and you're like, fuck, my only option is to either take some damage and bump into that ghost or let go of the ghost I'm trying to catch and go around them. And you're never going to let go of the ghost you're trying to catch because it's a pain in the ass to get them in the back and to try to start catching them. So you kind of just have to take damage sometimes while you're catching them. And it's not bad. It's just like, I don't even know what I want for a solution because I wouldn't want it to not be able to take damage. But there were times where I was getting irritated because I'd be like, I just want to like, I'd have a ghost down to like its final 10 health and I'd see like three ghosts closing in on me. And I'm like, fuck, just get this health to zero before one of those ghosts bump into me. And sometimes it wouldn't, sometimes it wouldn't. But you were kind of just stuck with your pants down, hoping to catch these ghosts before the other ghosts bump into you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't know what the solution would have been. It wasn't bad. It just, it was very basic, but the catching was fun. That fucking inverted, the inverted analog Dude, that's my biggest gripe with Mario Sunshine as well. I don't understand why Nintendo fucking does this. I don't understand why you don't have an option to choose. That's all I want. That's all I fucking want. It's just... And the thing is, is like, listen, I'm fully aware that we're judging a game from 20 years ago. And so I usually try to have some leniency when it comes to stuff like this. And I'm like, well, was that a... You know, to, to sound like Grandpa Simpson, like, was that the style at the time? But I don't ever remember playing games that were like reverse inverted like up and down i can live with an inversion on it but left and right i don't fucking get i don't and mario sunshine did the exact same thing and it fucking and like there's no option all you got to do is put the option in to reverse it i don't understand that i dude i can't agree with you more darren fucking drives me insane the part i had the part i had issues with the inverted controls would be like 
it wasn't so much when I was like, let's say wandering through the hallway and I had time to make an adjustment. It's like, oh wait, it's inverted, my bad. But uh, in some of those like rooms where you'd get kind of bombarded by like four or five ghosts at the same time, I just start panicking. And before I knew it, I was like pointing the vacuum at the floor. Yeah. And it was like, and it would be uh, trying just, I would have a hard time kind of shifting in between the uh, like, especially when it got a little bit more complicated when you had those, like whether you have like the water or the fire or oh, whatever. Yeah. 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 And it's kind of like a combination of having to, Okay, you again, I am not for anyone listening, I'm not good at video games. <laughs> I'm really bad. Like I get like ridiculed constantly about how terrible I am at video games. But like I don't know if it's a combination of like that, but whenever I try to like, okay, I gotta use the fire first and I gotta go to the vacuum, and then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh great, now I'm pointing at the floor again. And it's just yeah. like I, it was a constant struggle I was having with that. And the only other thing is, as much as I said earlier that I liked the Game Boy Color, Game Boy Horror, what I didn't like was when it would shift, when you'd have, sometimes you'd have to go into the Game Boy Horror to engage in with another way, whether it be with like a little uh, mouse hole thing or whether it be like to find the heart of someone else. You're still vulnerable to get hit while you're looking through the Game Boy Color. So it's like you're trying to shift around between inverted, up, down, left, right, whatever. And then you're trying to get the Game Boy Horror out. And then you're like, oh, and then you get hit while you're trying to do like fumble through all the controls. So I think like my biggest issue is I, I never got used to the controls the more I played. It just I continued to go back to what I usually play with. And when I normally play video games like Splatoon or whatever, I'll be using sticks all the time. So it wasn't like a sticks versus motion issue for me. It was just like, I'm used to sticks, but just the inverted made it so difficult yeah, for it, me to try and like get through some of these uh, levels there yeah, or it, some of these ghosts or stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It fucked with me too. Cause you have to hit most ghosts with like your flashlight, at least if not fire or ice stuff um, yeah, yeah. to get them to appear. And that's the same thing as I'd get my flashlight out and then point at the fucking ground to be like, God damn it. And the thing I did get better as I went on, but the thing is, and I went through the same thing when I replayed Mario sunshine a couple years ago. Um, I, I couldn't play anything else because I was like, I would kind of, and maybe some people listening can relate to this, but like I would almost let my fingers like reprogram themselves to play inverted. And then I'd be like, well, now that I'm used to this, I usually have two or three games on the go at any given time. And I'm like, I can't go back to another game until I'm done this because I've trained my brain to play inverted and I don't want to go back to uninverted. You know what I mean? Like it was, I'm so yeah. used to this now. So I agree with you. And and to be honest with you, like I found the mechanics of like how you could suck up like the fire ghost or the ice ghost or the water ghost and use them on other ghosts. Uh, I get that they were just trying to put another little bit of a layer of depth to like the, the like some variety to how you deal with the ghost. But I did yeah. find that to be more of a nuisance than to be like an additional level of strategy. Like I just kind of found it annoying to be honest. The part um, I found annoying was I had a hard, I, I don't have the greatest memory trying to remember which ghosts need what. Yeah, that was a pain in the ass. Like, oh. I guess usually they would have usually they'd have the uh, the like a water source or a fire source sure. nearby if you needed to use that one. But sometimes it'd be like I would see what looks like a regular ghost, and there was one in particular for some reason I could never suck up, and I just ended up burning it to death every time. <laughs> And like, I would never act. It was, it was, it was like plain white ones. It was like in this little, uh, what was it? Like this, it looked like this trophy room or treasure room or something. And there was like all these chests. I think it was the first room that you kind of interact with the fire. And I could never 
actually suck up those ghosts. So what I ended up doing was just like burning them constantly and like it got rid of them still. But I know that's not how it was meant to be no. uh, played. I, yeah. What I would have even liked is if just like, because you only had a finite amount of like fire, ice or water once you got some, and then you'd have to go back yeah. and get more to keep using it. And like, say you're using fire and then you hit a part where you needed ice. Then you had to go find an ice ghost. It would have, I get that they were trying to give it a little bit more challenge, but like I would have preferred it if it had just been like, Oh, you've unlocked the fire attachment. And then all you could do is maybe open the game boy horror and change your poltergust to shoot fire and have an infinite like amount you while you're using like, it. You or know? you collect like magic energy. If like, if I'm using like a Zelda reference, like, you know, how you have the magic meter. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you could just, if you only had to collect a certain amount of that type of fuel yeah. and the, the vacuum cleaner converts it to whatever you need it to. Yeah. Cause it just, at times it was just a bit of a nuisance to have to go back and like, ah, oh, fuck. I, I screwed up. I don't have enough fire. I got to go back and fucking get more fire. And like, like again, not, it's not game breaking. It's not, it's not hardly even a criticism. I just found it to be a little bit of a nuisance is all. Um, quickly. I want to talk about the final boss. So if, I guess if I'm spoiling anything for you, you might want to stop this now, but like it's a 20 year old game and it's a Mario guess. (laughs) I think everybody knows who the fucking boss is. Like everyone knows who the fucking boss in this game is. What I like about, or if you don't know, guess what? It's a Mario and Luigi game. Um, and it's, so it's Bowser, but it's not Bowser. It's King Boo. It's just King Boo dressed as Bowser. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed the final boss fight in this game. Cause I, I wanted Bowser to show up so bad and then it kind of did. And I really, the only qualm I had was that I, I died on that bot. Like I died on the final boss the first time. Cause I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. Cause it's, you know, first time fighting a boss and my brain went to Mario 64. Cause he's got his big tail and I have this vacuum and I'm like, Oh dude, it makes total sense. I got to suck up his tail, spin him around. Um, but then you don't, you have to like lure King boo out of this fucking Bowser costume and then fight him that way. And it was a fine mm. fight, but I really, I'm like the whole game. I've been sucking ghosts up by like their little tails and catching them. And now I've got this guy just as Bowser with this big tail. And I, the last Mario game, you have to grab him by the tail. So I was like, right? Like, does it not? I really, really thought it would make sense that I had to suck up like Bowser by his tail. And then it turned out yeah. he didn't. But not the end of the world. I like that he, he kind of shows up and it's not him. It's King Boo. And all that stuff was fine. I just was a little disappointed that it didn't have anything to do with his tail. That's all. I thought they were going to make that like a tradition, you know? I, I found it weird that King Boo looks like a, like your everyday run-of-the-mill Mario ghost. Yeah, but all just, the other ghosts look like big. people. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, oh, okay. Not not a criticism. I just thought it was interesting. No, no, I get uh, it. I do have a question that I maybe like. I think I told you before we recorded. I didn't get all the way to the end, but uh, what's the deal with the money and gems? Like, what's the what's the point of it? You just you get a score at the end. Uh, the oh, more so gems just... and stuff you collect, the higher score you get. Like a D oh, grade, okay, C so... grade, B grade, blah blah blah. Um, and that's oh, okay. I think if I'm not mistaken, that's the only. I'm 90% sure the only buff you get from catching all the booze is you get like a big gem that like helps bump up your score at the end of the game. But it's not like there's any other, like that's all it is. I just wanted to hundred percent it cause I was having fun. And the other reason I wanted to hundred percent it was I didn't really care about getting a really good score. I just wanted the hundred percent thing on my, on my, like I wanted all the ghosts. Um, it's not a criticism, but like, this is not a long game. And mm-hmm. that shocked me a little too. Like, I want to say I hundred percented it in like, maybe 10 hours probably less like it was not a long and the thing is is like 
I know that we all today talk, you literally brought it up during this podcast. Like we've all played the giant open world fucking first per like 70,000 hour games that we've all played a million of. It's nice yeah. to play a game. Like I've always said, I prefer quality over quantity. Give me a six hour masterpiece over a 50 hour run of the mill game. But I, when I was playing it, I was like, I was having a lot of fun, but I was like, I could have played five more hours of this. You know, like I wish mm -hmm. there had just been a little, especially you got to remember that chances are a lot of people that bought this game got it as like, that's, this was the game they got with their GameCube and you potentially could hundred percent it the weekend you got it, you know, I just, a little more. That's all. Also, I feel like back then, I don't know if it's because now that I'm an adult and I have disposable income, but when I was a kid, it would be like, if you had this game, this was the game you had. Like, yeah. yeah. Mom, dad, can we get another game? No save your allowance right oh, yeah yeah and like yeah and, and like mario 64 dude like fucking like that was the launch title for the 64 and like there was a lot of fucking hours of that game in front of you yeah whereas like this one yeah like even if you do everything like maybe 15 hours and you're done isn't it, there like, like isn't there like a hard mode after that you can unlock i i think so but like but i've always much the same game again just with more difficulty or yeah whatever. like i'm not willing to give a game a padded length when it's something big like if you completely rearranged it maybe if you like new enemies new everything but otherwise i'm like eh so like it's funny because like today i'm like dude short game is almost like a plus because i'm like i have i have too much to play fucking respect my time keep it short and sweet but yeah, yeah. like like you said back then if this was your game it might have been a little bit like, especially if you were a Nintendo kid and this, like, this is kind of a way to bring this about, you know, around circle and start wrapping it up is like Super Mario World. I like I can I can fucking beat Super Mario in like three hours now, like 100 percent. it. But I'm like back then that was huge. Right. And mm -hmm. Mario 64 is a fucking massive game. But then you get this and you're like, well, this is like my launch title and it's not Mario and it's not platforming and it's kind of short. You know, and it's just, again, not a bad game. We're about to score it. I'm going to give it a really good fucking score. I'm just, I'm just really, really surprised by the decision to, to come out of the gate with this. Really shocked like With a fringe horror title as well. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I feel like this would almost, I, I feel like if you were to get this for like a five-year-old, I, I don't know. I think they might find this a little challenging. Like, not that Mario 64 isn't challenging, but I mean, just to try to figure out what you're supposed to do. You know, well, considering it's with Mario 64, like you could give it to a five-year-old and they would be perfectly happy just wandering around the screen, jumping on things sure. and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas this, it, I think it could be a little bit frightening for like a younger child still. Yeah. Like, even though it's like not super scary, but I think it'd still be, if you're like seven years old, this might be like a little bit on the creepy side. Yeah. And I think it'd be very easy to get stuck early and just be like, I don't know where the fuck I'm supposed to go. Like, you know, for a kid, yeah. it just... Not criticism, just I'm um, just what an odd, yeah. just one of the weirder choices Nintendo's made, in my opinion. I, I, I think the thing with our criticism, or with mine anyway, is it's like it is a really good game. Goddamn right. But you it see, is. like, but you see these spots where it's kind of like, I don't know, give me non inverted controls would make yeah. a huge difference. Or, yeah. I don't know, make it so I don't have to catch a ton of booze or what. Like, I feel like it's a really good game, and I'd say it's probably one of the best titles on the GameCube. Me too. Um, like, I'd probably top three top five on the game i really like wind waker as well but um like i'm just kind of thinking like it's there's just some things that kind of take away from it even though it is a great game it's like you kind of look at it as like a missed opportunity like oh it could have been so perfect like it 
they didn't wouldn't have to, they wouldn't have had to do a ton to make it the perfect game. No, I agree. Whereas it, yeah. But it's still really good. And on that note, yeah, yeah let's. So if we we're gonna score the, like to me, the easy way to score this is out of fifty because there's fifty boos. Um, okay. And that's a reasonable number. It's not one of my weird fucking three thousand four hundred and ninety six uh, numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah, Darren, if you, uh, yeah, if you were gonna score Luigi's Mansion on the old GameCube out of fifty, well, out of fifty, you... probably like. Thing is, I'm probably actually scoring it better today than I would have been if you asked me like a long time ago. Yeah, because I'm too. kind of including how well it aged yeah. in the score as well. Yeah, I'd probably do like a forty-five. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, you know what? It's funny. I was going to say that exact same thing. Like sometimes I have, it's hard to score a retro game fairly because you're like, well, maybe by today's standards, it's a little rough, but back then I get it was really good. This game's almost the opposite. It was good back then, but I'm sitting here playing it now. And like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like I would have bought it for my GameCube. I spent 50 bucks to buy it, which is, you know, basically like buying a fucking new game today. And I played through it and I'm like, dude, this like I just bought Far Cry Six for my Series X, and I'm like, I I feel like Luigi like Luigi's Mansion was like buying a modern game today. I bought it, I paid you know practically full price, no regrets. I'm like, that was a quality video game. Like I'm gonna give it like a yeah. I I mean, <laughs> fuck. And the shortness is a plus to it now, which would have hurt it 20 years ago. Like yeah, I, yeah. I'm tempted to give it like yeah, in that 47, 48 out of 50. Like this, I have no major criticisms of this video game couple little things that i wish they changed a couple things that i think is weird but there's you know objectively nothing wrong with this video game it is really really well done and you're right darren i don't know if i would have it in my top three or five with the gamecube because i fucking love the gamecube but it's 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 i don't know i don't think i could rank my top 10 gamecube games and not have this game on the list it was that it's that good it's mm. fucking outstanding it absolutely redeems mario is missing well, it doesn't it redeem is, it, but it, it we can fucking just call this Mario is missing. Like, yeah. Volume yeah. two. This is the good Mario is missing. Reasons, for obvious reasons, they couldn't, they had to rebrand it yeah, because fuck. of the first one. So this was just a, okay, we want to make a video game where Mario is missing. Are we going to call it Mario is missing? No, no. We're going to have Luigi win a free mansion, no questions asked, and Mario is missing in the mansion. All right. So, yeah. like, yeah, my, my issues were all like nitpicky ones, right? They're just kind of, I get a little bit frustrated because it could have been perfect, but you take away those small nitpicky sure. things. Still a really good game. Outstanding game. So thank you to everyone that voted for this game in our Patreon poll. And fucking Darren, thanks for doing this, buddy. That I don't think yeah, we're no going to take as much shit for this as we did for Spyro Ripto's Rage. I think we're good this time. So I uh, stand by everything I said <laughs> Spyro's Ripto's Rage. Oh, fuck. Thanks for doing this, buddy. that's going to do it for this week's episode. Darren, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Luigi's Mansion into every single one of you nerds right now that listened to this episode. Maybe you voted for this episode on our Patreon poll, whatever. If you played, if you're hearing my voice in your head, thank you so much for letting me into your brain. I really, really appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, fuck yeah. Thanks a lot. If you're enjoying it, if you like our podcast, if you like what I do, if you think, hey, I don't hate the sound of this guy's voice. 
uh, maybe consider supporting us over on Patreon. It's only two bucks to start. There's other tiers where you can get like exclusive access to like live streams and stuff like that. There's even a, a tier where you can sponsor an episode and pick the game we cover. And it, there's lots of shit over there, uh, but it helps me out. It helps keep the light on around here. It helps me produce all the contents that I churn out. You can write in and play, play one, remake one, erase one. You can join our discord, blah, 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 blah. And don't forget that for December, 50% of my Patreon is being donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital with my 24 hour charity stream on December 18th. 19th so it's you get some good i get some good the kids get some good everyone gets some good it's just good all around good stuff so patreon.com slash remember the game if you're interested and frankly more importantly this month if you're interested in donating to my 24-hour charity stream you can find all the information at remember the game podcast.com anyone that donates at least 20 dollars will be entered into draws for a game of their choice some remember the game merch or a chance to be my guest and join me here on an episode of remember the game sometime in the new year so that'll do it for this week's episode you guys are the best thank you all so much i'll be back tomorrow with expansion pass number 89 which will be my resident evil village sport Spoiler free review. I'll be back on Friday with Game Patch, where I break down all the biggest news in gaming over the last week. And I'll be back next week with a whole nother greasy, juicy fucking slab of video game podcast because that's my life now. Thanks all. I'll talk to you all again soon. Uh, yeah, I'm going to shout out to some Patreons now. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons, and I could not produce all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. The following people have supported us at the Junior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame, and I'd like to take a moment to just thank all of them and mispronounce a bunch of their names because that's my shtick. It's kind of what I do. So a huge thank you to... Dave, Makeshift Mallow Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Stupid Monkey, Michael Mathis, Joshua Shenfield, Jeffrey Mathis, Keegan is Stupid Arrow Handle, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Madero, Scott B, Andrew Wright, Gary C, Kate Roberts, They Call Me Badger, Jordan, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Foo Foo 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Tin Smasher, Wyman Brooks, Scott Brooks, Leon K, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Brian Ransom, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Nathan Tromblay, A Town, Andre SJ Flash, Tom Kite, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Adam J, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, Christopher Russell, Very Cool Dude, Tim Real, The Giraffe, G9PSX, Tim L, David Schnatterer, Raging Demon, Poops Loomis, Dana Wucherall, That One Kid Nick, Mad Shibs, Mercury869, Derek Jane, Jesse Clark, MFELF, KFABE5150, TK Tonky Kong, Wolfgang Darren, Seriously Ron P, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Good A, Dane, Chris Coplin, Mandingo 2021, Doogie, Matt McLean, Pizza Power, Too Loud for the Crowd, Trevor Sevenoaks, Ryan McCowan, Paul Zoe, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlanc, Squints, Tent Sparkster, Omega 88, Nathaniel Shelley, Explode Processing, Chowdy Laudy, Dan Wagner, Candido, S2 Vaughn 5000, Titan 420, Jose E. Marco, Oprah's Iron Fist, Adam Fair, Russell Aldridge, Classic Crusade, Karth from KOTOR, Chance McCoy, Jeff Bergeron, Ian Watts, Joe Kirby, Captain N, Owen the Game Furchuck, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Astro Alpaca, ya fuckers, Stu Begaric, Eden Awaits 1981, Swanny, Swanny, damn it, I was doing so good and I fucking, I tried to do the Alpaca thing and fucked it all up, I'm going back to just saying it wrong. Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Inhuman Sumo, Chalupa Cabra, Rocker Dude, Mikey NL83, Just a Fish, 
Bagalazino, Noop Q, Hunky Canadian Bacon 69, Beth, Strife 89, Liam, Denzalo, Spicy Mortician, Eric Chavinius, Holmes, Ryan Gibbons, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Jay Hampton, Dylan Flora, Jackson M, Dajau 1K1T, Clayton Robertson, Frosty Feet 492, Britt O'Neill, all the good names were taken, Hulk Hogan's brother, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Kyle Shreve, Matthew Salmon, Elijah Burns, Ocelot of Woe, Stephen Parnell, Jolt Addict 21, Aaron Price, Meat on the Bone, Thakabi, Tomicus, Sean Dillinger, Justin Zabraki, Frozen Interior, Ray San Juan Tongo, Brandon Basham, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Ryan Shimmick, Jared Pierce, Steve Dalp, D Michael Ford, Justin Vissers, Gannon 144, Phil McCracken, Double D, Sid's Good Leg, Trav H, Mizuru, Declan McGarry, Nicholas Ch Chaffee, David Marcus, Dagger Disaster, Urias, Dr. Mario, Vaughn, Jordan Salm, Jacob Adams, Burnout, Doug Kenny, Scott Graham, Tyler, and Brad Levron. Holy Christ, you'd think I'd be good at this by now. Thank you all so much. You guys are the best. I will talk to you all again soon. Cheers.